This is Vaporwave Radio. Vaporwave Radio is an independent podcast sustained by our listeners through our Patreon. So if you enjoy our show and you want to support us, please become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Vaporwave. We have different gifts based on the membership tier that you subscribe to. And there's also non-monetary ways you can support our show, including liking and following our social media content and giving us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. On this episode, we spoke with members of Amazonians United Chicagoland about their form of shop floor organizing and the intervention they are trying to pose in organized labor today. As discussed, there's lots of dismissals of Amazonians United and their practices of organizing, and this is an opportunity for workers and members to share their own stories and tell how their organizing has been affected. With that, hope you enjoy the episode. I'm really excited because at the time of this recording, it's May Day, which is, I hate to admit, but I forgot that today was May Day and that we had scheduled this time to talk to each other. So it's just a happy, lucky coincidence that I get to talk to some rad rank and file organizers on this International Proletarian Workers Day. So welcome to Labor Wave, folks from Amazonians United. Would you mind going ahead and just introducing yourselves to our listeners before we get started with our talk? Zama, would you like to start? Yeah, so my name is Sama. I'm an Amazon worker in uh, Chicago. Well, actually, now I'm an Amazon worker in Cicero because they closed down DCH1, which is the delivery station where, where I began working at. Um, but I've been uh, working at Amazon for uh, almost four years now, um, and I'm a member of Amazonians United uh, Chicago Land. Hi, uh, my name is Ruby Quintanilla. I've been working at Amazon for a little bit over two years. It was only supposed to be a three-month thing, four months maybe, if that turned out to be longer. Uh, not disappointing at all, though. It's been fun. Had a good time. Met a lot of awesome people. Done great things together. I was at DCH1 first for like my first year and a half, more or less. And then I had to transfer to uh, TIO3 a couple of months ago so I could get a blue badge. That was the only way for me to get it, so I had to transfer. So then do you two work at different facilities? Now we do. Now we do. It just started happening a couple of months ago. Okay. I imagine that poses some challenges in terms of the organizing, but we could get into all that. Before going straight into the ground game, I just thought it would be good to get a little bit of the history of Amazonians United. And so my understanding is that Amazonians United emerged at this DCH1 facility, but could you all provide just kind of a quick history of like how long ago did Amazonians United start and what were some of the issues that motivated you all to start organizing on the shop floor? Go ahead, Thelma. <laughs> all right. All right. If I miss anything, um, you fill it in. So yeah, we, we got started in 2019. I think it was like April, 2019. And when I say we got started, uh, I mean, like we had our first meeting as Amazon workers talking about issues that, that we were just like pissed about, that we were fed up about. There, there, you know, there was like a number of issues, like like a never ending number of issues. And it just came to the point where we're like, all right, you know what? Like, we got to do something about this. And that's that's how like we, we decided to come together and to, and to meet. Before that, though, actually, now that, I, now that I'm thinking, because I'm saying, you know, like that we came together, and we became a thing, you know, at that first meeting. Maybe that's maybe that's wrong because before that first meeting, we were already in the process of becoming a thing. 
um, through kind of like just like building community with each other, becoming friends. Like I will have just the kickbacks at my house or we will go, you know, go hang out at different places. Uh, and we also like started doing what's it called? Um, potlucks um, in our in our break room, like during lunch. And I mean, our lunch was like, I can't even remember what time our lunch was. I think it was like around midnight or something like that. But um, yeah, we just started like sharing food with each other and like how that would play out would be like, basically like, it's, I think it started with like one of, one of our coworkers just started bringing like sharing food with some other people. And then like those other people um, were really appreciative of it. Um, and then they just kind of like came up with the idea of like, why don't we just like, you know, like one or two of us make food for, you know, make food for, I don't know, like 10 people or something. And then, um, and, and then, you know, one, so one or two people are bringing food for, for the 10 uh, on this Monday. And then the next Monday, uh, one or two other people uh, bring food um, for, for the 10, um, you know? And so like that kind of like that little potluck community kept growing. And um, I think that that was really a place where we began creating kind of like bonds of, you know, just like caring for each other and, and, you know, talking, you know, while we're, while we're like breaking bread and like getting to know each other. And like, you know, we just start warming up to each other. Cause like before that, like there was just more distance, more people were just more isolated. It was more quiet in the break room. And like, because of our potlucks, like we just began like, creating more of a group feel and then like other people would see this delicious ass food i remember ruby brought some bomb ass food <laughs> many times on, on you know many, on many occasions <laughs> and like people would just like be peeking over they'd be like yo what's that <laughs> but, like it's, it's our potluck <laughs> right ruby yeah yeah definitely i was gonna say yeah it really started just with like Getting to know each other was at the very beginning before even like the first meeting. I was going to say that too. It was a lot of fun. It was different. It was a different way because at first we would all just sit individually, like in a couple of, like you would sit with the same people that you walked into the building with because, you know, you did orientation together. You did, uh, so you end up being like in the same areas together in the same clusters or whatever. So that's who you would like stick to because you'd like, okay, I know you, three or four people since the beginning. So that's who you would stick with at first until we started you know, getting together with the potluck stuff. Then that's when actually we started building more community and having more people join in with us and starting to get to know more people. It didn't take long though. It was maybe like a month or so. That's pretty interesting. I remember reading that one of the issues that you all were trying to address in the beginning was the lack of access to water. And it sounds like in the absence of having a water cooler, what you all really started doing was just building the water cooler environment. Right, like building that place where people could congregate, talk to each other, and socialize and break bread, and uh, that's one of the, for me, in my experience, organizing, getting people to share food together is like such a crucial aspect of organizing, and I feel like very few people talk about that, like just how much like the social dynamics have to change, and food is part of doing that. What do you all think about that? Yeah, definitely. So it's easier. That's like the only 30 minutes that you have, like to be able to like actually have some kind of communication with somebody else that you don't have to worry about the time frame or somebody went to the restroom or went to go get this or went to go get that. So you actually sit down and eat. And so you start talking to each other. That's like the only time we had at the beginning. 
to like to get to know somebody was during like our lunches. Not really our breaks. It was more our lunches. Cause they, they cut our break short. So the only thing we had full time of was our actual lunch, our meal. And that's where we would start having some conversations, right, Ruby? Like, is it is that where we planned our first meeting? I just I can't remember now, honestly, some of the little details. It, it was like we would all sit there and complain about different things and certain managers and stuff, you know, while we were sitting there eating like, oh, I can't believe they did this and that. Or I can't believe that the guy was cursing because somebody missed some numbers, you know, and started cursing at so-and-so. Like, what kind of thing is that? You're not supposed to do that to people. Honestly, that's how everybody started complaining and finding out, okay, we're all complaining about the exact same thing. So what was that first meeting like? Like, what did you all decide was needed to be done? You had a meeting, you had all these prior potlucks and started getting to know each other. But what were like the issues that people really wanted to address after that first meeting? At the first meeting, like we came together, you know, and like our conversation was pretty fluid. It wasn't like a super like rigid, formal, like big meeting. Like It was like, like we, we get together. It was like six of us. Um, and we start talking about like the bullshit at Amazon, which just comes out naturally because we're like, you know, that's how we know each other. And that's the stuff that we're like, you know, thinking about and, and, and pissed about and stuff like that. So um, we started, uh, you know, talking about all the different issues. We start talking about the disrespect that we see from managers. Uh, we start talking about our shitty pay. You know, we're talking about, um, you know, like the, 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 the hours that we work. Um, we talk about like how like the temperature, um, we talk about, um, the difficulty with, with getting water. Um, I think we also talked about what's it called? Like, uh, it's like some coworkers that had like passed out and stuff like that. And so like, they, as, as we were, as we were talking, I, I remember writing down, you know, okay, so this is, this is one of the issues. This is one of the issues. This is one of the issues. And then at a certain point, um, when we have been talking for, for a decent amount of time, it was like, all right, so, um, so these are the issues that we broke that we've, that, that we're talking about. It's a lot. Uh, I can't remember how many exactly, you know, maybe I have notes somewhere, but I can't remember. And, um, so it's like, well, you know, it's only six of us right now. You know, we probably can't get all of these resolved. We can't like take them all on at the same time immediately. You know, we we just simply don't have that kind of, that kind of power. Um, that kind of organization we don't have that many people like with us or whatever so how about if we uh focus on one you know how about if we focus on one that people would be down to like stand behind and the that one that we thought made the most sense was water and it because it just felt like a very basic very basic as human like human necessity um it's a it's you know you needed to live <laughs> And uh, we were not having access to it. Um, we were having trouble with it. We had already had coworkers that had, you know, passed out, you know, because of it. And so it's like, we think that coworkers would be willing to sign a petition for this, you know, um, like who, like, why wouldn't you sign a petition saying like, we need water? You know what I mean? So we thought that it would be a good issue to, to like bring people together around. And it's like, it's also important, you know, like, it's not like, it's not just like a little joke or like, you know, some like theoretical hypothetical thing or something like that. Um, it was, uh, it was an immediate need. Um, and so we decided, uh, all right, we're going to do this water thing. We're going to draft up like what, are, like what our demands are. 
and uh, we're going to create a, a, a little petition. And so um, we decided who would create who would create the, the actual petition, you know, like on a Word doc or whatever. And then uh, and then we basically like started creating like a little plan for how it is that we're going to get petition signatures. So you launched this petition. You recognize that you needed to build more capacity to get there. And that's what I'm curious about is not just this one like issue that y'all organized around, but as rank and file workers, how do you go about organizing around issues in general? It sounds like you are willing to take on different tactics. It sounds like you're not trying to wait around, like get things in language, like in a contract before you win them. So like, what are your strategies? Like, how do you go about engaging your coworkers? Uh, what are some of the tactics that you have done? And and I want like our listeners to learn about some of the places where you feel like you've had victories too. So that, that's a lot of things all at once, but just, you know, take it as you wish. Getting our coworkers in together or like having like, honestly, like the community, the sitting down, eating and everything. And then you start talking about like how your day is going, what's going on today. What are people talking about? You know, just different issues around the inside of the Amazon and what you're going through throughout the day or the days. It's so easy to complain about stuff about Amazon and managers because they make it so easy to complain about everything. Like, okay, let's say you're uh, in the clusters, right? And you're, uh, so you're in the line waiting for the packages to come down the conveyor belt to put them on the buffer, on the racks and stuff. The packages start falling off because they all come at once, right? And then they expect you to grab all those packages that are assigned to you and the numbers that they're assigned to you. And then at the same time, they expect you to go ahead and clean up the entire floor while they're just walking up and down the aisles in your way the entire time. And they don't, they don't pick up anything. They expect you to pick it up, pick that up from the floor, clean it up, plus pick all your numbers that you have. So that alone gives you a lot of time to talk to your coworkers as you're standing there in line and putting stuff on the racks. You know, it gives you plenty of time to like just talk and be upset and mad and, you know, be on each other's side or whatever. So that's what I'm saying. It's easy. Honestly, it's pretty easy. We can complain just about anything because of it. They don't help you with anything. So <laughs> that makes it even easier. So just like using the opportunities in the workplace itself to agitate your coworkers to kind of point out issues. Well, they're already agitated because <laughs> right. of what's happening. It just makes it easier to have a conversation, you know? And then they're like, you know what? We'll talk about this like during lunch or something like that because, you know, there's too many nosy people around or you have a lot of snitches around or whatever. And it's like, no, it doesn't matter. We can talk about whatever we want on the line. It's a part time. We're still working. Stuff's still getting done. They can't say or do anything about it. So, you know, it's, it's honestly, they make it really easy. <laughs> well, what about when you're trying to get people to participate in an action? Like, how does that usually go over? Are people nervous about it? You're not trying to bring in like an outside union to like help out with the organizing. That's at least my understanding from the outside. So what do people think about this idea? So who's going to know more of what we need or want inside of Amazon except for the workers? A union can't come inside and tell me what I need or want. There's no way because they don't know what we go through. They don't know what's happening inside of there. They have no idea. Unless you actually work inside an Amazon, you have no idea what you're going through or what is happening inside. And the lies Amazon tells you is unbelievable. You know, everything that comes out of their mouth, as soon as you're a manager or something, I just believe it's a lie, 100% a lie. Anything and everything that comes out of your mouth is a lie to me. I haven't found one thing that they said that is true yet. Not one thing. They try to prove you wrong so hard. They try so hard to prove you wrong. I mean, anything and everything they do teaches you otherwise. So it's not hard to build inside of Amazon. 
course, people get scared sometimes at the beginning, you know, especially when it's the first time you're doing it and you're not sure how to go about it, what's going to happen. Uh, people are scared to organize or build because they don't know that it's their right to do it to begin with. <laughs> they have no idea it's their right to do it. I'm like, you don't need a union to come and save us. You know how long it takes to build all that stuff? We already have all of that within us. We know each other. Who has our backs? I'm not scared to get fired if you have my back. Do you have my back? I have your back. So what? what's the worst that could happen? We could fight for each other. A union is not going to come and fight for you until it's too late. When we could fight inside of the inside of the buildings by ourselves, for ourselves. Nobody could tell us what we need or want. Like, who's going to tell us that? Nobody, except for if you work there, like I said. In terms of, uh, like, like managers lying, yeah, they lie to you like with a smile on their face, uh, and, and and just like expecting you to believe it. And Ruby's probably the best person in the world because she tells them straight to their face in front of other coworkers, right, Ruby? <laughs> yeah, all the time, all the time. I tell them you probably get paid by the lies you guys <laughs> give us. There's no way, like, well, why do you lie about the simplest thing? Like the simplest thing, it could be like. Oh, if I leave right now, can I use my time and uh can I use my uh PTO? And they'll tell you, oh, no, you have to give me so much time notice. No, you don't. You can just walk out whenever you want to let them know I'm leaving. My time is up. I'm going home and I'm going to use my time. And that's it. End of discussion. They can't say no. They can't tell you anything, but they try to switch stuff around. I don't know why, but they do this all the time. I've wondered about this, too, when it comes to management, because sometimes, like, I think sometimes labor organizers and like lefties in general can be guilty of like trying to give too much credit to the bosses and managers and like their strategy, like what they functionally are trying to accomplish is like divide and conquer workers and everything they do is this like kind of rational program to keep people exploited and down. But then there are other times where I'm like, that can't be true because if you encounter like managers in a given warehouse or any other kind of workplace setting, you realize like they have no premeditated thoughts on this stuff they just act it's almost like it's almost like the fact that they have power and control is just why they operate in such an irrational and weird way but that that's just me kind of talking off the cuff i don't know if y'all have experience of that or maybe like uh what about management's kind of counteroffensive to what y'all are trying to do do when they lie do they also try to get people afraid of amazonians united well, they tried that at the beginning, but like we tell everyone, I'm still here. How many times have I talked to the press? How many times have I walked out? How many times have I stood up to management for you? Not just me, for you and everybody else in here. Because I go straight to their face and I tell them, why are you lying? Everything that comes out of your mouth is a lie. You're a manager. I don't believe anything you say unless I see it in writing. And like, so go ahead, pull up whatever you have to and show me where it says that what you're saying is true. Otherwise, it's a lie. It's a lie to me. I don't believe you. And then that's when everybody else is like, ooh, like, dang, you know, like, yeah, no, I don't. So it always comes back to like, we're right and the managers are wrong. They still prove to our coworkers that we're right and they're wrong. So there's no way that uh, they tr- they tr- they might try to put them against us. But it, at the end of the day, it doesn't work because they, they're seeing it with their own eyes. And I think that's what's really important so many times, like. When we do things that like the coworkers that maybe are not, you know, coming to meetings uh, or that coworkers that don't consider themselves like a part of Amazonians United yet, like that they're seeing this, they're witnessing it. And like, essentially, they're kind of like forced to pick a side, you know, 
Um, it's like, all right, who, like, even if you don't, they don't verbalize it or they don't act on it physically in that very instance, like there's something like that's going on in their minds, which is like, oh shit, Ruby's right. You know? Um, and, and this fool's wrong. Like this manager's wrong. So like, I fuck with Ruby. So, um, you know, now when I see Ruby, like I, I just, you know, uh, I'm a fist bump Ruby or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I just, I just like, I just like Ruby. I respect Ruby. He's bold. You know what I mean? Um, like that, that, that kind of thing will happen. When, when I began working at Amazon, honestly, I was very surprised as well by, you know, cause I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be like a, you know, super anti-union company, super well organized, super, you know, manage management is like really on it, really strict and stuff like that, you know? And like, <laughs> I think it's going to like, it's probably different, you know, from site to site, you know, because they move the managers around a lot, a lot. They move them around. Like I've, I've had so many managers They they, you know, they, they come and go like, I don't know, like a merry-go-round or something. And uh, they don't really, they, at least, I mean, they've been getting a little bit more organized in terms of how they manage things, but they're real sloppy. They have real poor communication. Like they, they're at the level of incompetence that we see is extremely high and actually it's one of the one of the biggest frustrations of 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 us like of workers like of just seeing things run so incompetently and like we're trying to have like we're trying to have the day go by like smoothly right like we don't want for things to be going like really slow and then really fast and then like really crazy and then really messy you know we want things to go smoothly but managers are just always like fucking that kind of that kind of thing up um, and so like that, that, these are always like points of tension that, that we're able to like to, to use to our, to our benefit because it's like, well, um, yeah, we, we're going to point that out. We're going to call it out. Like, and we're going to, we're going to try and do something about it or at the very least talk about it. And when, uh, when, when our manager, so like, for example, when we turned it, like we did the water petition, right? We decided we're going to do the water petition and we start collecting signatures and, you know, we, um, we were a little bit nervous about it at first. Um, because it's like, well, what's going to happen? You know, like, are we going to get fired? Like, is this manager going to be in like in the break room seeing or watching us on the cameras and then they're going to like target us and then like, you know, find a way to get rid of us or something like that. So, you know, at first we were being real, real, real cautious, real sneaky. Uh, we didn't even have a paper petition. We had a online petition. We just created a Google form and we would just like send it out, um, send it to our coworkers that we had numbers for, or we would get their phone numbers or we would become friends on Facebook. Um, and stuff like that, um, so we could send them our petition. But it, it, that was just harder. It, honestly, it was hard because we would send it to people, and then like people would forget um, to sign it or whatever. It's just easier to get people to do it right there and then on the spot. So like once we got like I think it was like around like thirty signatures on the online petition. That's when we were like, you know what? Now nah, let's do a paper petition. Now you know we got enough. We like we got enough people that, that already signed it. Like we have a, we have a decent number. Let's do the paper petition. And that's when we got up to, I believe, 151 signatures or 150 signatures, which was basically everyone on our shift at that at that time. You know, and there's like many shifts. It's not everyone in the warehouse, but everyone on the shift that, you know, on which we were primarily organizing. That's what, that's, that's kind of like we signed it. Um, and so I'm not sure if like management really caught wind of it, but like we, we had like another meeting um, because we we're like, all right, so what are we going to do? Like now we got a bunch of signatures on a piece of paper like what does this do <laughs> and so uh, we decided that we were gonna turn it in and so they we decided that we need to have like you know 
it shouldn't just be like a little turn in where like we're going to a where it's like five of us or something going into like the manager's office and just meekly giving it to them and then like coming back out and like that's it you know or and also it's not like we're not just gonna like email it to them you know the point is uh the point is to make this a part of a larger you know a, a, like a larger thing that there are coworkers are seeing this our coworkers that signed it and coworkers that didn't sign it are seeing this uh this confrontation you know um uh this this uh like like us basically telling like flipping the table on managers telling no you need to do this we're telling you you need to do this we're demanding it of you and so we did it at stand up which is um where we will have like before the shift begins really before the shift work begins we will all gather in a big circle uh, and then the manager would be in the middle and the manager would be directing everything and we would all just like everyone is just following and so basically what we did was was we disrupted that process because the manager you know was, was you know leading us through the stretches um this and that and then he he asked for like all right what is your uh, what is the safety safety uh safety topic or whatever question he asked um and then someone else like i raised my hand cuz coworkers at our meeting had decided like all right Sama, you you're the one like like you turned it in because you've been here for for a long time you know a lot of people etc cetera, etc cetera. and so that's when like when he asked for that safety question i raised my hand i was like yeah we have a safety concern um 150 of us do uh and it's here on this petition we need water we need regular access to clean drinking water and then you know we had, we had uh we had like you know we had several people that have been coming to meetings and stuff like that you know throughout the circle and uh the the manager that was uh or he wasn't even a manager Alberto was a shift assistant just like a assistant to a manager um and he he was just like I'll take care of it right away and this is the first time he had really said something like that I feel and then like another coworker like was like was like when we need that water now not just the, like in the in the in the long time future um he was, he just spun around you know I had to physically spin around like I'll take care of it right away uh and then uh another coworker raised their hand they're like was like we are thirsty and we need water I'll take care of it right away then he like switched the topic um over he's like standard work tip and then like another one of our coworkers uh, Chuko was like uh, he was like yeah I, I have a standard work tip Alberto called on him he was like we need water that's our, <laughs> that's my standard work tip and he was like I'll take care of it right away you know <laughs> he like ended that stand up short and then he was just like flipping through the petition signatures cuz like I had handed it to him he was like freaking out and like he was like going through his phone like texting furiously with somebody I don't know what and then you know next thing we know within an hour um we have water because he had gone to the grocery store nearby and he had picked up enough water bottles for everybody bottled water in me and then it was like after like once like once people saw that we had that bottled water uh, and I mean just taking a sip of that bottled water it was like the best bottled water I had ever had because I was like hell yeah we just won this fucking water you know <laughs> hell yeah we got this water and I'm going to give some to my to my coworkers around me too you know I'm going to drink several bottles of water and it was like then that that people saw like oh shit like we can actually make some sort of change like we can actually get things if we do something uh and I think that was the beginning of kind of like a shift in how it is that like not everyone not how everyone approaches managers but like like that we started seeing like we have capacity to change things right that was that was the big change for everyone you noticed it you felt the shift right away right after that like people were not scared to speak their mind or say whatever they didn't like or whatever was going on like people were even coming up to us and telling us okay what's next what are we going to do next 
we should get this, we should get that, you know, this and that is wrong. We should make another petition. We need this, we need that. So that's when people started like getting more, more involved, not as scared anymore. I think your question was like about uh, management's like retaliation or like their anti-union, you know, like what they do or whatever. They've done many things, many, many, many things, even though we're not going for, you know, you know, we're not collecting union authorization cards or like going for an NLRB election or trying to get a contract or like, you know, trying to build with some like business union or whatever. Like they still like have their tactics to try and scare us, divide us, just basically like, you know, scatter us. You know, they do things like put people like that, um, like, for example, Ruby and me, they will probably try and not put us together. You know, they probably try to keep us separate. Uh, after uh, several uh, petitions and collective actions, we had this one manager, his name is uh, Miguel, I think. Um, Ruby, Ruby hated Miguel, I remember that. <laughs> uh, but this fool, like, he will come up to me and he'll be like, he would be like, I was part of the Chicano movement, um, you know, when I, when I was in college. And you know what? The best way to make a change is by moving up and by, <laughs> and by, and by you know, changing stuff from, from, from when you have some power from, from the top. That's how you make change. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know. And he would, he would be talking, talking to, uh, to me in this way. Uh, and then he would uh, be like, are you, are you, um, you know, I, I think you're a leader. Would you be interested in being a leader for Amazon? You know, would you be interested in like a manager position? Uh, and I'll be like, well, I mean, what are we, what are we talking about here? Um, and he's like, oh, you know, it would, uh, it would be an increase in pay, you know, and you'd be, you know, you'd be doing higher stuff. You'd have, you know, more chances for moving up and, and this and that. And like, my response was like, like, fuck that. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, a leader for Amazon. You know what I mean? Like, like shit, I'm with my people. And if anything, we like, like, I'm, like I'm a leader with my people, not with Amazon. You know what I mean? And uh, and so, like, you know, they, they have these attempts to like diffuse your movement by, you know, by offering promotions, you know, and things like that. They uh, they do things like ask certain people questions about their involvement in Amazonians United. They, they watch you sometimes a little bit more, or maybe they'll separate you out and put you in a different area sometimes they even treat you better you know to maybe like create more jealousy between other workers and yourself and then i think it's just a matter of like like you just got to be aware that they're going to do things to like divide you create distrust between you um and you just gotta you just gotta know how to like how to counter it like after we got that water um victory um, the site lead came in and announced that he was going to install water lines throughout the facility. And um, this site lead, he was a new, he was new, he was newish. And he was like, I just came in here and I saw these problems. And so I'm going to fix it, you know? Um, and I saw that there was no water. And so, and so I'm, I'm installing this, I'm doing this and that, you know, he was trying to claim it like as like his own idea, his own initiative, because he cares about us. And so like at that moment, we're like, all right, I see what you're doing here. So that means that we have to um, basically tell the truth. Um, and spread the word about how this actually happened. And of course, many coworkers already knew how it happened, but for those that didn't, um, and to set the story straight, we had to set the story straight. So we like created a little, you know, uh, it was half a page. Um, it wasn't that much text. We basically just told our little story of how it is that we got water and that it happened through, um, through, through our organization and through our collective action. 
and that um and that if you want to join us send us an email so like that was the reason why we created an email account in the first place so we could stick it on that little on that little thing on that little um on the setting the story straight so that then people can con- co-workers can contact us um and, and and doing stuff like that yeah i i love the stories and all the lessons that y'all are sharing what i'm interested in is that so like you mentioned management sometimes will divide by playing favoritism by offering promotions by claiming victories in a lot of union campaigns, that stuff works. Like you, you see very quickly people that might be on an organizing committee, take a job as a supervisor, just like immediately if it's offered to them. And I'm talking about like conventional, you know, business union style approaches to organizing the management's counteroffensive is really successful a lot of times, but y'all have been able to withstand that and still gain victories and still organize on the ground. And there seems to be a very strong political analysis there. Like, how were you prepared for the reality that they were going to try to tell you that the way to make change is through like becoming a manager and a leader for Amazon, like it's co-opting you all off the shop floor? How did you also like have a political analysis? Like, what was the political analysis that you all prepared your coworkers to also say, like, you don't need an outside union to make changes, like you were saying before, Ruby? Like, how did that stuff start coming about? Or was that always there from the very beginning? No, because people would say, oh, we need a union. I'm like, okay, if you need it, we need a union. You say we need a union, right? They're like, yeah, okay. We already don't make much. You get like $200, $300 a week. Are you prepared to give some of your earnings to a union to come and do exactly what we're already doing? This is what they're going to try to do, except that they have no idea on what we need. So we're still going to have to be fighting them to tell them what we need plus Amazon. So do you want to do all that or do you just want to cut straight to the chase and just go ahead and fight Amazon for what we need or want? Which one is easier? Which one do you think we can win with? They're like, well, we already want water. They're like, I was like, exactly. So why would you want a union to come in and try to help us? We we already started it on our own by ourselves. We have each other's back. A union is not going to have our back inside of here. You have to call someone to come and help you. Here we have each other. Like if I see you're in trouble, I'm going to jump in. If somebody sees that I'm in trouble, they're going to jump in. So what's the difference? How is it that they're going to help us that's any different? Which way is better? Which way do you think is better? So I'm like, well, no, you're right. I'm like, so why would we need a union to come and save us when we already have each other to save ourselves? I don't understand. And was that the, was that the position at that first meeting? Like you all decided we're going to do this petition about water. Did anybody then? say like, maybe we should ask for outside support and you all had already decided, no, we're going to do it ourselves? Or or was this just something that developed over time? It just developed over time. You just heard people here and there, like kind of saying, we should get a union. We should do this. We should do that. I'm like, all right. So how do we, what's the difference between a union and us? We already are a union. We're doing it ourselves. You guys just don't see it. Just because you hear the word union, you think it's better. It's not always better, at least not for us, because like, I'll tell you again, like, nobody knows what we're going through except for us, the workers. Nobody knows. Nobody has any idea unless you actually work there. I didn't think it could be that bad once I walked in there. When I first walked in there, I said, well, how bad can it possibly be if Amazon's like the richest food in the world? Like, how bad could it possibly be? Well, yeah, I learned really quick it's pretty bad. Like, you can't even go on the bathroom. You can't even walk to the bathroom without somebody being on your case about you not being signed into your device or that you're like over five minutes time off task. Yeah, you have to walk all the way to the other side of the warehouse to go to the restroom. And then if somebody is in there, I have to freaking wait. 
there's only one restroom that actually works and there's only one person per restroom. So, I mean, what do you want me to do? There's nothing I can do. I have to wait. So why would I want somebody else to come and see that? Like when we're already seeing it ourselves and we could do something about it. So why would I call somebody else to come and help me? I don't understand. And then everybody else started saying, well, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, I get you. I understand, you know, you're right. And that's when people started telling us that we need to do more. We need some more changes. I think it developed over time, you know, because like, it's not like we sat down like at our first meeting and we were like deciding on all this stuff, you know, at the first meeting or whatever. Like what we talked about was the issues and what we're going to do about the issues. That was the conversation. And then we just started doing stuff about the issues. Um, you know, we just created a plan and we followed through with it. And uh, I think the other key uh, to like, you know, how like, you know, expecting managers to come at us and, and with these little tactics or whatever, you know, maybe we didn't we didn't expect every single thing. You know, it's just that the key is communication um, and the key is meeting between us, you know, and talking about what is happening and who is saying what. Like, for example, there there was um, uh, there started to be, you know, I think this was like maybe our third or fourth petition. Uh, it was regarding a, um, a shitty, uh, a shitty manager. Um, well, once again, a, a shift assistant, uh, which is technically by Amazon's lawyers, not a, considered a manager, but they act like managers. You know, they, they, anyways, this was just a person uh, uh, she, she, that she, uh, she was known as Red. Uh, and she uh, was just power tripping, disrespecting people, you know, uh, just just being a, just overall shitty person um, and treating workers, you know, full grown people like as if they were like children. And I mean, even children shouldn't be treated. Tra- children shouldn't be treated like this, you know, in this manner of disrespect. But you, you, like, I think that communicates kind of like how it was that she was operating. And so um, we began a, 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 a petition against her saying, like, she needs to be uh, taught what it is that respectful treatment of workers is. She needs to be retrained as a manager and she should be uh, prohibited from doing this and that. So, um, you know, we started that petition um, and she was uh, someone that was on the dock um, and she was, you know, and she was overseeing the dock. And we didn't have that many people in Amazonians United come to our meetings from the dock. So we were like, you know, this is a, a chance to build with our people on the dock. Um, and so uh, we started the petition. We, we got a decent number of signatures. People on the dock were, I think, getting pretty excited about it, you know, and they, they were liking it. And, and um, they were collecting signatures um, actively themselves, you know, get, hey, let me get that petition sheet. And then they would go around getting the signatures real excited because, um, you know, we're finally opposing this little this little dictator over here, little troll. And then. Uh, once we came time to like turn in the petition, so um, it was this um, it was this big dumbass white manager, like probably had been in like the, the army or some shit, you know, this big 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 guy, um, and uh, he didn't want to come out of his office. So it was like during break, or during our uh, one of our uh, paid breaks. Uh, so instead of going to the break room, we decided, all right, we're gonna gather outside of the manager's office, and we're gonna get this fool to come out, and we're gonna we're gonna give him um, this petition. Um, and so, you know, we had um, we had had a meeting already, you know, outside of work to discuss how it is that we're going to turn in the petition. And, you know, one of our coworkers, one of our organizing committee members had decided, all right, I'm, I'm going to turn it in and we're all going to be gathered in a circle. And when it comes time for that break, we're going to be like throughout the day, we're going to be telling people, hey, gather here right outside the bathrooms. 
uh, during first break or whatever break it was. Uh, and so, you know, we had a little crowd of people, the people that were like there, you know, people from the dock too, um, that were re ready to turn in the petition. Um, and of course, then, you know, once you have a gathering of people, and then there's other people that, that maybe are scared or maybe don't even know what's going on. And they're kind of like on the, out, on the outer edges or a little distant watching, you know, because they're like, oh, what's going on here? So um, so then uh, the, uh, we, we tell somebody like we get somebody to like go get the manager, the top manager um, that's that's inside. And um, he doesn't want to come out. So we tell him again, hey, tell him he needs to come out. Uh, so then he does come out. He comes out. He's like, oh, what's going on? And then our, our, our co-worker, you know, uh, has the petition in her hand and she starts turning it in. And he's just over here all, all like, all, he's like, oh, I'm not taking that. I don't, I don't, I don't do demands, you know? And so like, then there's like this, like, you know, back and forth and, and, and stuff like that. And uh, many of us get into it and ultimately we do make him take the petition. And, uh, and he's over here talking about, oh, I've never seen a problem with bread, uh, this and that. And, uh, and we're like, well, that's because you're always sitting in your comfy little office. You're never doing any damn work. Like maybe if you would come out and see what's going on, then you would know what your little managers are doing and how they're disrespecting us and how they're, they're, they're pissing us the fuck off. So, you know, maybe you should come out a little bit more. And so, you know, we had that kind of interaction afterwards though, there was another, there was another, she was an ambassador or a shift assistant and she started spreading lies. She started saying that the leaders of Amazonians United had, had, had st stirred up this trouble, created this petition and then put our other coworkers like to, to like in danger's way. You know what I mean? Like had, had put our other coworkers to face the managers and that coworkers had been fired. Um, and that we, the, and that the leaders of Amazonians United were nowhere to be found during this confrontation. So like, as if we were like generals that led our army out onto the battlefield and then just ditched them. And then they like were killed. You know what I mean? And so they were spreading these kinds of lies. And so, like, we had to, you know, go around and, like, basically tell people, like, these are fucking lies. This is, this is bullshit. Like, this person is just clearly just trying to create fear. And, like, whether this came from upper, like, higher levels of management, I don't really know. Uh, it could have. Um, or it could have just been because, like, this, sh this shift assistant um, has her little, you know, her little reign of power with her little, all her little, like, favorites that get to do less work than other people, um, all her little snitches and shit like that, um, to be going around, like, you know, spreading this kind of word. Um, and so it's like these kinds of things that, that we've had to learn happen. And then we have just have to figure out how to counter them, you know? And so it's always going to be like, it's like, a, it's a, it's a war, right? It's like a, it's like a little battle. You're opposing a dictatorship and there's always going to be different tactics that management throws out. There's going to be different opportunities that management presents to us because they always just piss people off. And so it's like, we have to be in communication with each other for how to, how to, how to, you know, build our power, grow in numbers and, and have effective strategies that bring more people to our union. You know what I mean? Um, because there's always going to be just like that audience of people that are kind of like watching and like, that's where the sightly and the managers are, are talking. Like they're not really trying to convince us. They're trying to convince the rest of our coworkers that we are unreasonable and that we are wrong and that we're crazy or something like that. And so then it's like, all right, I, we, we see your game. So then uh, like the, the game here really is about getting the, like the rest of our coworkers, you know, with us, you know? Yeah. I find y'all's example of organizing so inspiring because there's just so many tactical advantages and just really smart organizing strategies that you've adopted. But so much of it, I think is that, 
you're the workers on the inside. Like this is a self-organized union of workers. And I guess I'm putting on, like I work for a mainstream union and I could say from that perspective, if there had been something like you had just described, you know, management starting to spread lies about the workers, getting people fired and so on, the standard approach in that scenario would have been workers on a committee or like that are liaisoning with staff would have told the staff what happened. Then the staff would have had to have their own private meeting, discuss a strategy and like a counter message and how they're going to get the message out. And then they would have tried to disseminate it back to the workers and the workers would then implement the strategy. But it slows everything down. You know, there's like all these layers of mediation in between action. And that just seems to be like the huge advantage in this like really rank and file led union is that you all discuss the issues in real time, come up with a strategy for responding and then do it. And you don't need all these other people kind of like interfering with that process. So just sharing that from my vantage point of like, this is how I imagine it would go in a conventional union setting versus how you all are doing it. And this is why the rank and file strategy works. This is why it's effective is because it's just, you can respond to things in real time. And that's such a huge advantage when the quickness of being able to respond to issues when they arise. So it also reminds me though, of uh, what I was curious to hear y'all's thoughts about was that you're making your managers mad, which is great, you know, getting them out angry and flustered. But you've also occasionally gotten the ire of some, you know, bigger unions at the same time. Most recently, I just, I'm amused by it, but I saw on Twitter this back and forth <laughs> between somebody from Amazonians United that's like organizing y'all's Twitter account, just responding to the Bessemer campaign and basically laying down that one of the things that Bessemer shows is that you don't really need to wait for an outside union to organize around issues. You can do it in other ways. And you all have been doing it since 2019, like you said. But within that was a bit of a critique at the same time of how business unions organize. What I was more interested in is just how much this touched a raw nerve on so many people that are either staffers or participants in mainstream unions. And I just wanted to hear y'all's thoughts about that whole that whole thing, like the whole dynamic. Why do you think people got so angry at you? What do you think is actually like what do you think is underneath their immediate reactions to basically a pretty standard critique that shouldn't be really unfamiliar to people? Because everybody thinks that the way to do things or make changes is with the union and we're proving otherwise. All you really need is people, power by numbers, you know? The only one that could actually do something if we want something done is the people. People that work there, powered by numbers. And I'm sure they don't like that at all because everybody thinks that they need a union to come and save them for something, which is not true. Not always. We've proven it many times. I, I think there's a lot of things going on. One is uh, 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 this paternalistic attitude towards like, uh, 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 you know, like you need us, you need our resources, you need our knowledge, um, you know, you need uh, like, like, like you don't have enough, you won't be able to build enough, um, you won't be able to expand outside of your one facility. And so then they say that like, we're like against solidarity or something like that even though solidarity is the soul of us <laughs> so um i think another thing though um is that 
we're really trying to make an intervention here in this like dying labor movement that's just been dying slowly and painfully for a long time. And there's a lot of people with a lot of theories, you know, um, talking about how it is that, that we revive it, um, how it is that we bring it back um, and stuff like that. And uh, usually uh, it's, it involves um, either, you know, getting a job um, at a place that already has a union or, um, or becoming a union staffer or becoming some sort of leadership of that union. And so, you know, this is, this is, this is their theories. This is how they, they operate. Um, that is how they live their lives. This is how they express themselves. This is what they write about. This is what they tell workers. Like, this is what they're about. And, you know, we're posing an alternative here and we're saying we can build as workers ourselves. Uh, we can organize as workers ourselves. Workers are not stupid. There's so many things that your arrogant asses uh, aren't even seeing, don't even understand because you're disconnected. Even though you're talking with workers, talking with workers is not the same as being a worker. Uh, and, and I think that that may be uh, rubs people the wrong way because ultimately, um, you know, they believe that they what they are doing is good work and that their intentions are true. And I think many are doing good work. I think most of the people are doing good work and I think their intentions are good. Um, however, their politics and their strategy is certainly not the only way to do things. You know what I mean? And um, if you're trying to like stop people from doing things in a different kind of way, that's where we got a problem. Because who the fuck are you to tell us how we do things, right? <laughs> um, and then I think another, another, another thing might be just their own, in, you know, their own interest, um, you know, their own, like, I can, you know, like, as a, as a staffer for whatever union, I can, um, gra like, I graduated from college, I can get a job doing good work making a change in society, helping workers fight the bosses, fighting against capitalism. I can do this and be in the middle class, have a decent life, have a house eventually, have a retirement eventually, be paid more than the workers which I represent, which I think most people would rather that the workers they represent make as much or more than them. However, that's not the reality. They're living more comfortably than the, than the people that they are trying to help fight, you know? And so it's like, if we're over here saying that we as workers can build, uh, can build unions, that workers build unions, I think to a certain degree, that's also a little bit of, um, of, a, of, a, of a threat to, to their way of life, you know? Um, because these unions, the labor movement, I mean, they're basically staff driven. Right. Like there, the, the, the bureaucracy is, is heavy. Um, the number of staffers is high and the exploitation of staffers is high. You know, like was the burnout like like what people people tend to last two years or less. And then they go and get a master's degree and turn to something else because they're burnt the fuck out from, you know, the good work that they were trying to do because their politics and their passions um, and their 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 wants for revolution or reform is being exploited by the by by the same by the union by but 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 by the union bureaucracy is what it's being exploited by, and so it's like what we are doing is we're building unions and we're saying like we gotta build unions from the ground up 
You know, we got to build unions that are controlled and run by workers. You know, we got to have unions where workers identify as the union. And many of these staffers, I think, are doing the work of trying to transform, you know, like they're like service based unions to like organizing based unions. Right. Like that's what the buzz is all about, has been about for like a decade or more, you know. Um, but it's like it's hard to do if you're coming in from the outside, honestly. So because once like th th because there's the the people people tend to see unions as people that you call right like professionals uh, people that know what they are doing people that know the law people that are uh, the a part of a big thing and that can come and save you that is the conception of unions right and and that you got to pay dues and this and that and so people have like people just have this conception already and so then it like it it leads to when they make that call with that union staffer, then there is a, a relationship of dependency um, because it's like the union staffer is telling me how to do things and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm dumb or I just don't know. And so I'm following, you know what I mean? And as if I, as a worker, am following the advice of the staffer and the staffer is giving me good advice and stuff like that, you know, which many do, I'm building something. However, I'm building it um, originally dependent upon that's that relationship uh, of, you know, of like someone's telling me what to do. Someone's helping me figure out how to, how, to, how to run things, you know? And then if it's successful and it gets to the stage of like, okay, now we're talking about like winning a union election. And then after that, we're talking about winning a contract, winning a contract. We're talking about so many like legal things. Like not many people know how to negotiate a fucking contract. That's a specialized skill that you learn in college or through experience from other people that have practiced it for a very long time. Like these are very difficult things. And this is what the labor, like this is what the labor legal framework set up, you know, um, to basically uh, create a situation where the goal of unions, of labor unions, of business unions under this framework is to have labor peace, you know, and for the unions that come in and the, the you know, the, uh, for, you know, when they negotiate a contract, what are the main provisions that are in there? It's like the management right clause, because we're, we're saying managers have, you know, the business owners have the right to, to, to control the, the thing, the, their corporation or whatever, how work goes. Um, and in exchange, the union gets the, 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 the dues extracted from the paychecks automatically, you know, whereas rather than before, it would be more so like, the union uh, would have to, and it, I think it would be mostly union stewards and stuff. So workers on the shop floor would have to go and collect the dues. And so like, once you're collecting the dues, like that's where people are interacting with the union. And that's where like, you know, it's like, okay, you want my money. I'm going to tell you a piece of my mind, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tell you how it is that I think things should be run. And so there's at least some communication, but like with the, with, with the dues automatically extracted, then it's just like workers just see it as like, you know, like a tax. You know, and it's like, ah, oh, fuck. And there goes like another piece of my paycheck. You know, I'm already paying 30% taxes. And now I have like this other, this other money being extracted and I have no say over the union. And I go to a meeting or I don't even, most people don't even go to meetings. And like, I'm not even interested because I don't even know what the fuck people are talking about. You know, like I have no conception of a union as a, a thing of workers. You know what I mean? A union is something outside of me. And so like these poor staffers are over here trying to like, switch the whole thing around but it's like already ingrained and entrenched in people's knowledge of how they operate in the world 
And it's like such a bird. It's a huge task. And like these staffers are over here trying to do this and doing good work and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, you have to look at the big picture, you know, even if there's some that are doing it well, that's just some that are doing it well. We got to think about the overall labor movement. You know, we got to think about not just, you know, like, for example, how some people are like, oh, yeah, not all not all cops are bad or whatever. You know, like it's you, you can't think about like individuals. You got to think about the whole structure. What is this whole structure creating? It's like it's like a top a lot of corruption at the top, a lot of union bureaucrats making a shitload of money, you know, way more than the workers that they represent, completely disconnected from the working class, just interacting with uh, the CEOs and stuff as equals or whatever. That's why they have the IP. That's why they roll around with, with, with drivers, driving them around and whatnot. Uh, and, uh, you know, the staffers are making more than the workers and the workers don't own the union. And like this cannot continue. If we continue like this, the labor movement will continue to die. And even if you build up more labor movement and more business unions in this way, working class power will not increase, you know? And so it's like, what we are saying is we need to just organize unions led by workers. And you can do that. If you have never done that as a staffer, which many staffers have not, I know for a fact, many staffers have not organized a union as a worker themselves. But you still have many of those skills and you still have many of that, much of that knowledge. And you've helped many workers do that. Just do it yourself and build it from the ground up. <laughs> well, damn, you all really make me want to like go look in the mirror and take a hard look at myself <laughs> and see what I'm fucking doing. This has been brilliant. I'm really, again, inspired by the example you all are setting. And I do appreciate the intervention that you're making in organized labor today. I want to wrap this up and give you the opportunity because as we were exchanging emails, one thing you made clear that I respect and appreciate is that you want to make sure your message is also being heard by your coworkers. So in conclusion, is there anything, Ruby or Zama, you want to share as we end this episode that you want your coworkers to hear? First of all, I just want everybody to know that it's your right to organize inside your workplace. It's your right to ask for better working conditions. It's your right to fight for anything and everything you want. Nobody can tell you otherwise, just the way you go about it. I think that's going to make the change, not just for you, but for everyone and everyone that comes after you. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me on Labor Day. I feel like now I got to go, you know, organize a picket line or something. I'm pumped up by this conversation. <laughs> so... Appreciate having you both from Amazonians United Chicagoland. Uh, where can our listeners find you all, contact you if they have any questions, or if coworkers want to get more involved, what are some places that they can do that? Um, well, we have our website, amazoniansunited.org. Um, you just go there and, you know, we try to throw up like a good number of stuff, like in terms of like how we do things, examples, articles, victories that we've had. You know, we've won PTO through our campaigns, through, you know, we're talking ten, tens of millions of dollars that were, you know, that, that instead of Amazon having them go into Jeff Bezos' pocket, like now they're going to workers' pocket, you know? So like you can go there and see like a bunch of stuff. We have our Facebook pages, um, Amazonians United Chicagoland. Uh, those are, I think, the two main the two main avenues of of, of communication. DCH1United at gmail.com is an email that you, 
you can um you can uh, find us at too well with that thanks so much for being on labor wave and hope you enjoyed may day thank you thank you for having us and letting us share our story